Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Draft Offsides. I'm with Tico and Enzo. My name is Keith. And we have a lot to cover today. Three game weeks that we're gonna kind of abridge super tight, and then just a lot of a lot of things have happened since we last met, huh, guys? A lot of things have happened. So much crazy shit in this bloody uh, Premier League this year. I love it. Hodgland scored, baby. Hodgland scored. <laughs> Goal number one. No, no, that's one of eleven. One of eleven. One of eleven. He's only halfway. He's only halfway through the season. Oh, the first one is the hardest one to get. Yeah, what's yeah. there a song about that? First, first cut is the deepest. No, it's different. That's not. That's not deep. about that at all. Oh no, it's, it's no, it's not. <laughs> so I mean, crazier things have happened than someone scoring eleven goals in half a season. Oh yeah, but he's still bootleg. So <laughs> I think I think it was actually really sad that he wasn't able to play in the next game. He got like the flu. That's uh, like yeah. classic, classic Ooh, United luck. I was, I was going to bet the brace uh, for him to get the brace. Hey, Enzo, let me ask you a question. Who has more goals in the month of uh, December? Haaland or Eric was bootleg, bootleg Haaland? Hoyland. Hoyland or Haaland? Haaland's oh. been injured. Excuses. Wow. All right. Fine. <laughs> All right. Let's move on if you're going to make excuses for this. Okay. Speaking of uh, speaking of Haaland, Tico, how, how smug are you feeling about that trade that you made to get rid of him? You look, that seems like a master stroke now. I mean... On paper, it does, but fucking Bruno Fernandez is like 21 points in the last three weeks. So yeah. it's not like Bruno's been. Uh, no. Did Bruno make the duds? You're not quiet. Not quiet. Uh, so there's some other really dudley players out there. A lot hope, of dudley players. I hope you've done it right this, this week, man. I hope you've done it right this week. I take high pride in what I do. I'm a very ethical person. I put my nice family in this list. How dare you, Enzo? Okay, got it. Before we get into sets and does, I just wanted to like just glance at the table real quick. I think the biggest shift in these last three weeks, obviously, has been Arsenal just losing two games and drawing one, right? So getting one point out of the last three. Is yeah. that right? Draw, loss, loss. Yeah, man. Yep. And then other than that, like some other kind of noteworthy things was Forrest getting back-to-back wins. Yep. Kind of lifting them up. So there's been some fun stuff. Chelsea, two wins. Wolves with three wins in a row. Bournemouth had one, four wins in a row before a loss today. So oh, no. Evans looking a little bit shaky now. They could be in the relegation zone by the end of the week. That's you know what, though? They lost. Two of their last three losses have been against Tottenham and City. And they no. played pretty well in both those games, I felt like. Uh, you know, yeah. the Wolves thing was, you know, Wolves, they probably should have done better, but I'm not super stressed about them quite yet. Mm. Keith, should we, should we uh, say something positive about Tottenham or we don't want Ezra to get extra smug today? No, Ezra's like, the... like he's leveled off a little. He was on such a high at the start of the season and then the low, and now he's kind of like in a level place. Where he, should, where he goes. No, but honestly, it's been a pretty impressive run by since the old injuries happened since the massacre yes. at Chelsea. Man, <laughs> they, you fucking wanker. Yes, massacre. So it says so, their last five games have been win, 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 loss, win. Is that right? And, and honestly, yeah, they've been putting walls. They put four against Tottenham. They put four, uh, uh, three today against uh, Bournemouth. So some impressive wins. The problem isn't that we can score goals. The problem is, is that we don't have no center backs. 
So he can't stop the goal. And Vicario to me, I don't care what you guys say, he's a top three goalkeeper in the Premier League right He's now. doing well. He's doing well. He's top three. Top three. Yeah. He's also top three. I'm not sure about top three. He's like he's yeah. likable, you said? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's like well. Um <laughs> Van Deveen is uh, gonna be back mid January too. So yep. right. speaking about players being back too. Benicord played today. Yeah, Benicord played today. Um it's amazing to me that City is what, how many points off? Third what, two points off with a game in hand. Mm-hmm. I guess not a game in hand. They're just two points off. But they uh but they still have De Bruyne coming back. They have Holland coming back. I mean, it's that's scary. Yeah. Well, if City wins um, and Liverpool ties, they'll be tied for the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is this uh. is actually what they had the worst form we've seen under Pep Guardiola. Pretty close to it. But that just tells you how this Premiership's been this season. Yeah. Like it it looked a little bit top heavy and bottom heavy the way the results are going. But now, as you're seeing it, it's pretty tight up top. Like Villa being second. Come on now, Villa's yeah. second. Let's uh, let's get into sets and duds because we can talk about some of this stuff later on. So kicking it off for the studs, we have Michael Elise. So uh, this is the total of the three games. He had 80 points, uh, which comes out to an average of 26.67. He's been back for nine games, and he started seven of those games. Uh, in the, since he's been back, he's averaging 16.9 points per game, which is only behind Haaland. So people who stashed him, who picked him up early on or drafted him, held on to him, is paying off, man. He's been falling. Oof. He's an amazing player. We knew he was good before, but it seems like he's come back from that injury with like sign of proof. Especially when he came back and Eze wasn't in the squad straight away. But when they're both in there, oh, excuse me. Very nice. Yeah, it's it's like hard to think about the how well he's doing. Like just you know where he was going in drafts and everything. I don't think I don't think anyone expected this level of production. I'm just curious if he can sustain it. You know, I wonder if this is how much of this is sustainable throughout the, the next half of the season. But but yeah, I mean, unbelievable. I mean, who would you? I I think I tried to trade Martinelli for him and I got a big fat no. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna go on form, Keith, you know what I mean. I wouldn't. Yeah. You know, at least at least he's been on top form. Of course, Martinelli's of course. Yeah. But I feel like I mean, at least he's in that on that level right now. Like, who's who? You, which could you even get for him? You know what I mean? Like, he's like, there's you. We, no, it's almost impossible to trade. Tr- trade here. for it's him. It's impossible. Right yeah. 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 It's impossible. Mudrick. Oh, can you imagine if we we you know uh, Chelsea tried to sign at least this summer. Mm-hmm. And then he, he decided to re-sign with Palace instead of coming. Painful. Yeah. Painful. Yeah, I was going to say they're net positive, so that's why but Chelsea you, backed out. But you know what? <laughs> but you know what, though? I don't think we signed Cole Palmer if, if we signed Elise. So, you know, there's always everything happens for a reason. Ice Cole. Ice Cole. Ice Cole. Cole. I, like, thought that celebration was pretty lame. Then I saw there was, like, a Drogba. Like, Drogba did it a while back. Oh. But, like, when Drogba does it, he, like, really sells it. He, like, he does, like... He shot. So he like sh- like does his face and his shoulders. He acts like he starts shivering. Like Cole Palmer's yeah. is like kind of half ass. He's just like kind of like awkwardly just rubbing his shoulders. Like he has like he has like some sort of like mental issue. You know, he doesn't know how to be a star yet. He's still a young kid. He doesn't know how to See, be. That's what he thought. When I saw Keith's tweet, I thought about maybe Cole Palmer came from pl- privilege and he was never freezing cold. Whereas <laughs> John <Jean-Claude laughs> didn't come from privilege. So Definitely got that vibe. Okay, so Lise, what a stud. I think that's going to continue 
I think, for the foreseeable future, especially with Eze back. And then it seems like their striker situation is in a pretty good space, too. Uh, Mateta's been good, and Edouard is, uh, you know, has his... So next on the list is Chris Wood. He had the second most points, 71 total points, and uh, and that's only um, in three games. But one of the games, he I think he only had, like, three points. So two of those games, he had 31 and 37 points. So he had two amazing games. The dud he came where he didn't produce a lot of points was against Manchester United, which is kind of funny because, you know, Manchester United has been pretty shitty. But Chris Wood, you know, he's, he's um, been pretty up and down. He had a couple of good games. Dude, he went off. Did he? Well, he had a hat-trick in one of those games. I'm still, I know he's done well the last few games, but I'm still wary of Chris Wood. He's he's a uh, hot, cold player. I'm not sure I'd take him. Yeah, I kind of feel the same. I, I mean, that hat-trick was amazing. And I think, that Nuno Espirito Santo is getting more out of him than Steve Cooper did, and that's like super clear. Mm-hmm. But in the long term, like we have a large body of work from Chris Wood over a lot of years for a lot of different teams, and like he's never sustained like a huge amount of scoring output. So, too, like when you looked at the Manchester United game that just happened this the, in the game week 20, like they when they game plan to form a little bit more like all of a sudden he was pretty like non non-existent in this last game so he had two hot games in this new system with the Nostradamus Santo but when the heat they're kind of, he's kind of game planned for he wasn't as lethal big ups to him he probably should be rostered just in the off chance that like he's figured something out and he's going to keep scoring but i i'm not like i'm not saying with high confidence that he continues to score but uh how about them forest guys got to love it it's like crazy what a manager can do yeah. at times it doesn't always happen this way and we've seen it before like Nuno had the same thing I told him in his first few games we were, we were top of the league and then all of a sudden when it's shit so it's whether or not he can if it's just a flash in the pan or if he can actually get these guys to play the way he needs them to play absolutely okay it looks like we have a note we're going to talk about that at the end of this section but so let's move on to the next Stud with his Alfie Dowdy from Luton Town. Well, we have a Luton stud from Luton Town on here. Never thought I'd see the day. Exactly, right? From our favorite, from a podcast favorite. 63 total points for the three games, which comes out with an average of 21 points. Uh, and for the whole year, we he's been averaging 10.8 points per game, which is very, very respectable at someone you would consider your lineup. Obviously, the last three weeks, three game weeks, lifted his average, but very impressive from a team that's in relegation. And Keith, you know, you always talk about like trading someone and attaching a piece to it. I feel like Alfie Dottie is the perfect piece to attach to a trade to maybe get Olisa. Oh, yeah, if I had him. If I hadn't dropped him like a fool. But I mean, <sighs> you look at you look at Luton Town and it's like having two wins in their last three games. It's like they, they scored more points in like four days than they did in like three months before that or something like that. I saw some crazy stat like that between those two wins they got. So yeah, they're playing bad in the bottom. Like now it's starting to look like they might not, they might have a chance of getting out of that relegation zone. I'll be honest. It's starting to change people's minds in my opinion. It could be honestly before Nottingham Forest went on this run, we thought they might drop down there the way they were playing. So just the change of runs, it's just, it's just the ups and flows of the Premiership. We're going to see what happens. But Luton looks good. They they attack a lot. They no fully bravery, just pushing forward. So they've scored one more goal than Manchester United. God. Yeah, I know that crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's really like the dagger in the heart statistic. You know, that's like if you didn't feel bad as a United fan before that, you feel really bad after hearing that stat. I think the one thing with Luton is they look so good at home because I think that's that their home field advantage and the way that stadium is and how small it is, the field is and everything really like suits them. So I think with some of these Luton players, you can kind of like home away them a little bit. You know. 
like when they're home, maybe you start it when they're away. Maybe think about it, but yeah. something there. Okay, another note on here. The highest single week in the three-game weeks was Zhao Pedro had a 41.5 points against Spurs, two goals and an assist. Ones are always against us. <laughs> Why always us? I'm not biased. It's the numbers. No, no, no. That's that's a fact. He could dunk around. He had, he had a pretty good game that game. He was two penalties, though. Not, you know, it's not exactly class, is it? Palmer does that in a week too, you know what I mean? Like, so <laughs> against the top three goalkeeper though in the EPL. Yeah, well, it was a penalty though. Honestly, what is the what do you think the ratio is? What is the percentage of a goalkeeper saving it compared to it being put in the back of the net? Ten percent, right? A real quick note, and then we'll move on. So the advanced statistic against football, if you guys care for or not, <laughs> saying the highest percentage of saving a penalty is if the goalkeeper never moves. But it's like if you're a goalkeeper, you're not just going to send all times. That's Statistics, not me. So, okay. Well, it's, I'm reading somewhere. Goalkeepers can gain advantage over their opponents with a sexual block shot as only 11% of penalties are saved. Yeah, so 10%. That's interesting. Um, but I will say with Jao Pedro is that he scored like 11 straight now. So it's not like he, it's not like just like that he's just whatever. It's like he's like, he's clearly a good penalty taker. Like he's like good at it, you know? I'd say he wasn't good at it. I just said it's fucking penalties. Yeah. If you give me 10 penalties, I guarantee I can score at least six of them. Against a professional goalkeeper? I do not Against think you would. Oh, you don't think so? I think I, I think could. No. I don't think you would. Give me anybody. Not. Give me any of them. I will knock it past them. Didn't you miss a penalty in our Sunday league? Yeah, that guy, yeah. That guy weighed like 300 pounds. You missed a penalty against him. No, he didn't weigh 300 pounds. He weighed around 280. Doesn't matter. <laughs> uh... And he moved before I even kicked the ball. It's not my fault. Let's move on. This guy, I don't uh, know where he gets his Okay. <laughs> I think um, the Joe Pedro thing, I think he might be, a, like, is, would you call it, maybe consider him a trade high candidate right now? Not yet. You think you'd, you'd still want to hold on to him? Or you think or you think this is about as good as it gets with him? No, not yet. Let's see where it goes, because he seems to be the focal point. Of Rice is still getting healthy, so that matters too. Yeah, you know he's guaranteed time. Yeah, there's something there. Okay, another an honorable mention to you is Anthony Alenga had 60 points and Forrest had top four top four players in the top ten for total points over the three game weeks. They what did they do? They went three and zero or they went two and one. Two, two and one. one. I was pretty impressed when I was looking at it. Four in the top ten uh, from players that don't consistently put up those points, but they do have good games. So I thought it was uh, pretty impressive by them. Yeah, uh, I mean. Obviously, Chris Wood. And then Anthony Lenga really has looked really good under Nuno, too. Like, he's, like, turned it up a notch. And then I think uh, Morgan Gibbs-White is playing in his, like, preferred position in the 10 as opposed to out wide. And he's looked significantly better. So he's they're really just unlocking, like, a lot of a lot of really key pieces across the board. You've got to admit, too, the, the, the last two teams they beat are in a little bit of disarray, but they're still top clubs. You know, Newcastle injured man united don't know what the fuck is going on there but still they're still top teams you played the opponents you're dealt 100 percent. and even that bournemouth game they lost i think that was like a it was like a ref call away from being a draw you know and that bournemouth has been pretty ungood so it's not i mean it's not like they've like since the unos come in they've looked they've looked legit and they played brentford next which brentford's been a little bit soft so I think as a Forest fan, you got to be feeling pretty good right now. Moving on to duds. Let's chat duds here. Uh, first one on the list is Gabriel Jesus. So Jesus, he had 13 points in three games, and he was actually benched for the game today, the Arsenal-Fulham game. But for a starting striker for a team that was first in the EPL about, what, a week ago? 
it's a significant drop off and makes it more likely that they go after a striker in uh, January. We've yeah. been saying this. We've been yeah. saying this. They need a freaking. Stri- they need a consistent striker that can score goals for them. I think Nkaya could be that guy. I just don't think he's getting the chances. I don't think it's. Nketiah. We're actually talking about this, Keith and I, uh, before you uh, jumped on. I, we don't think that Nketiah is the answer. He's had opportunities and he's not converting. For the two of those, Jesus produces more and he helps the team build up more than Nketiah. Yes. Agreed. He has more goals this season. It's probably pretty close, but Nketiah scored three against a really in one game against a pretty hapless Sheffield. You know, it's not like I mean. You take out, you take, you know, the median of that. It's, I think it's pretty comparable. But I think when you look at the team, Jesus makes the team look better. Than it. And Ketia just kind of can be kind of a, a, a passenger up there. Where Jesus, you know, is going to get involved. He's going to occupy center backs. He's going to be a pain in the ass. So in that sense, I, in that sense, the Jesus has other attributes that get, make him valuable. Where in Ketia, if he's not scoring goals, I think he's like pretty just like not much going on there. Not much contributing, but I don't, I just don't think Arsenal is going to be able to afford a top class striker. Like who are they? You know, what are they? They're going to sell in Katia and sell someone else. Like who are they even going to get rid of? I think they need to sell before Arty. they can really buy. I think it's sell Thomas Boy. Yeah, but has he been healthy? Regardless, you can still sell him. Even if yeah. you just sell sell him for like seven eight million, there's still money in the bank plus his wages gone. It's you just have to sell Jorginho to a Saudi Arabian team, get like hundred million for it. Hope that you can yeah. get like a ton there of money you go. for Jorginho. Yeah, yeah. A ton like, of money being ten million for him. If they, <laughs> I could see them getting like fifteen to twenty mil, and like that would be that would be like triple what he's worth right now. Yeah, easily. Yeah, it's it's a bummer. It's a bummer with Jesus. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I think I think it's more like what you guys what you said. It's more and more likely now that someone comes in. I just don't know who that person is. We'll see. Maybe you can get some someone from the Italian league for cheap because a lot of the teams there are hurting financially. That might be the answer. In Milan, man, they're about to go bankrupt. Oh. Yeah. All right, next one on the list, uh, Mikalenko of Everton. So Everton was riding high. Um, I know the all three of us were very high betting on them, you know, right, the high street. But in the three games, this guy only produced 10.75 points. Uh, the prior three games where they won three in a row, he had 36 and all of those. Um, obviously, you got the clean sheet points, but 10.75 from a team that was doing pretty well, they look like they were in form. It's pretty uh, horrendous. Yes, letting in seven goals in three games is going to do that. You know, like you're going to get that's a lot of minus points you're you're dealing with there. So that makes it rough. I was really sold that he was like a goal scoring machine there for a minute from Kyle. I was really sold <laughs> for a fucking second. <laughs> Yeah, I he mean, was, he was so high. He was on a little hot streak, but I think I mean, you always do is going to be trade Earth, but I think he still offers attacking threat. It's not like he like, it's not like he's not an attacking threat. And I think, I mean, we're, we can get into this a little more, but like, there's no clean. There's like so few clean sheets this year. You can't really rely on that. So if anyone that can potentially be an attacking player should be worth being rostered. You know. Okay, next on the list, Jacob Ramsey, Avila. Yet. 4.5 points in the three games, which it's honestly is laughable. Um, Did he start he all three? I think he, I, you know, I think he started at least a couple of them. No, he started all three. He did, yeah. And he had, yeah, he had, he played 76 minutes against Manchester United. Those are two he played the full 90. So this is how I know he had half a point, then negative half a point, and against Burnley, he had four and a half points. 
it's like he's trying to find his role. And I, I only watched, I don't think I watched any of those games, but he's a good player. It's just not, seems to be clicking. Yeah, I think he's just on the, you can just sideline him for the time being. I know last year he was pretty useful and he's obviously coming off an injury, but I also think that the formations changed at Villa and I think he's just not in as much of an attacking position or an attacking role as he has been in the past. And so these numbers kind of reflect that a little bit, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, we can just, we can just kind of skip him and move on. Yeah. Um, the lowest single week scorer is who, Tico? Jack Robinson from Sheffield against Luton Town. Um, he had the own goal. He had the first of two on goals within the last 20 minutes. I don't know if you guys saw, but it was pretty. <laughs> it's fucking mayhem. It's sad. Yeah, it was it's sad. Yeah. You, feel, you felt that. Fucking mayhem, man. Happy yeah. for Luton Town, though. That, that, I mean, Sheffield United, too, you kind of like, they kind of had a little momentum with the new manager, and, you know, they got a win, and then that game was just depressing. But that, that might that have been the game that really sealed them. For there's no way they're coming. There no there's no way you recover from that. <laughs> you know? Sure. But yeah, I mean, I don't think you I don't think you're picking up Jack Robinson. It's more just a fun fact for you. But yeah. That was the worst dude. Did uh, you did on, you see the the clip of uh they were walking down towards the game, both the Shovel United fans and the Luton fans, and they were saying, My team's shit and yours. You gotta love that morbid uh, morbid sensitive uh, fandom. You know. All right, the, and then the honorable mention in the duds category is Kyle Walker. So he actually had fourteen points in two games, but um, to me, it's been it's kind of interesting because he plays the right back position with when there's Trent and Trippier who are monsters playing from that same position, and Kyle Walker has a talent, but he just seems not to gain that type of um, fantasy value, and also especially considering that they're missing a lot of attacking options. I thought he would be a little bit more involved in this time, kind of pick up some steam, but he just hasn't been um, a fantasy option. And I don't know if you guys foreseen being one maybe in the future with KDB, how long returning. No, I think this has been kind of this, like the thing for him is that he just doesn't deliver from a fantasy standpoint. I, I know he's a big name, like he's a pretty household name for people that watch the Prem or people that support England, but from a fantasy perspective, he just does not deliver in the same capacity. This does different things. He's still one of the best right backs in the league, if not the best right back ever, in my opinion. So, but he's at the latter end of his career. What do you expect? I'm sorry, yeah. you said ever, as in like in the EPL or just all football? Oh, uh, EPL. Okay. Sorry. Well, well, who do you think? I don't know. Some guy named Gafu, Danny Alves, Philip Lom. You said Danny Alves, huh? Brazil. I mean, Brazil comes before. Uh, oh, okay, you know, okay. Just yeah. making sure. Danny Alves was pretty impressive. He but was, yeah, but he was, but well, he was more attacking than he was defensive. I wouldn't even yeah, say that. Of course. Like at least Carl Walker actually has some defense. Yeah. Yeah. What's crazy? He used to be backup for Michael in Brazil. Danny Alves. Yeah. Well, Michael was amazing. Then Michael just had one bad game against Gareth Bale in his career. And just took a nosedive after that. So crazy. So, yeah. Gareth. All right. Let's let's Chimpanzee. move away from suds and duds and move into some instead of like recapping games, we're just gonna go over some key moments or just some key talking points this week. And kind of just we're not gonna spend too long on any one of these, but we just kind of go through. So the first one is mid-table teams are suddenly capable of beating anyone. It seems like the league has shifted in a way where 
all the teams have improved so much and teams like Bournemouth are just rolling, like getting five out of six, five wins out of the last six. And so the league is just, I feel like it's changed a little bit. And so there's not these like high, like high low as much as they used to be. How is that affecting things for you guys when you do lineups, when you think about games? Does it affect it at all? Like, are you, are you playing matchups as much as you used to? Well, yeah, you're still playing matchups because you've still got that expectation of the better teams winning. But there's certain players that are always going to be involved in certain teams. So you're going to play those players like, for example, like Billing. I know he's coming off the bench, but you still, him even coming off the bench, you're still expecting him to do well against whatever team he does because he creates. Or Foden, if he's going to come off the bench. You know what I mean? You're going to play him. Yeah, I guess I'm more <sighs> saying it's like that in the past you'd be like, okay, like Bournemouth is an easy three points for Man City. Therefore, like I'm going to start all my Man City players. And now you're just not so sure that that's the case. I think he, it, it kind of affects most uh, defensive goalkeepers because anyone, like everyone's putting in goals. And we talked about Luton Town who's been scoring a lot. The last time they were actually held to zero goals was against Tottenham in October 7th. So usually when you see like Liverpool versus Luton Town, you see City versus Luton Town, Newcastle, you're like, oh, you're going to get those clean sheet points. So in that sense, the matchup kind of affects, I think it affects more the defensive players than it does like the strikers. I agree. Right, because the goals are coming, yeah. It's fine because I had, I had Petrovic and I dropped him because I saw we were playing Luton and Luton had been on a scoring tear. Which and is funny, right? Play. It's funny to think like the team that's in the relegation zone, you're like, ooh, I don't want to, I don't want to play the keeper against them. No. You know, which is crazy to think about. You might, you much rather play a tire at a game where, I don't know, West Ham Brian. You know what I mean? One yeah. Of those games where you feel like it could go either way. Yeah. Good point. Okay. Next kind of talking point. City is only five points behind. They have a slew of players coming back. Tottenham, Arsenal, Villa, Liverpool have all shown fragility. Is this City's title? Do we feel like do we feel like they're the favorites? And it's theirs to lose? I'm still scared of them, especially when they get all those players back. I'm freaking absolutely petrified, especially when they get Haaland, De Bruyne back, and they have that full team going on. But let's not forget, let's not forget about Doku. About Ndoku yeah. when he goes back from the AFCON. But look, look, they've looked fragile all season against teams that go right at them. This is a different season. I don't know what it is, what's going on, but Pep will figure something out. And we already know that Man City, on the second half, which is the uh, the money part of the season, he pulls something out of the bag. I don't know what's going to happen in January. You think he's going to spend money? I don't doubt it. I think he'll spend a little bit. I mean, how many fences do they have? Like hundred something? What's another twenty? To me, I, I would still favor Liverpool. Um, and I know we talked about the whole year and no team looks complete, but the one thing that Liverpool has, they have the set lineup. They don't have like their one of their best players coming back, kind of ruining the chemistry or whatever they have flow of the game. And they've been pretty solid in their start starting eleven. And, you know, when we talk about Pep, let's you know, it's not like Klopp is a like a second tier manager easily. So I like Liverpool, especially the way uh, what Salah's been playing this year, and uh, Van Dijk seems like he's back. It's pretty. Uh, it's going to be an uh, interesting race towards the end. Is Salah going to the Afcon? I was just going to say, I think if Liverpool can still be in the the race and they don't drop too many points with Salah gone, and Salah comes back and continues to contribute the way he has, I think I'm with you, Tico. But I think I think the big test for Liverpool is going to be 
Can they continue to win games and continue to kind of do this without Salah for a month plus? And yeah. so it's eight games. It, uh, I just looked it up. It comes out to if he goes to Afghan. And is it confirmed? Is he going for sure? Yeah, he's going for sure. Yeah. So for sure. that's eight games. The way with Nunes and yeah, it's, it's a lot, but they have to kind of, I mean, look at Tottenham. They managed it and, you know, they're not as talented. Why did you have to do a dig there? We're going to lose. We're losing two players plus a plus our striker. No, plus our I meant, I meant within the last month. Uh, oh, well, all... we've done it, but we haven't done it very well. Come on. We were top. And then that just shows you what happens with any Premiership team that comes with a slew of injuries or a cold patch, especially no, no, in the Premier League. But my point is, uh, Liverpool has more depth and they have more top tier talent than Tottenham. Does. They do, they do, but I still, like, I still don't if, look. If that, like I... Van Dyke goes down, I mean, it's the same thing. If a key player goes down for Liverpool, like if a Virgil Van Dyke goes down, then that that dramatically changes that team. That dramatically changes what their expectations yeah. will be. You know, but I, it's a good point. Next question, though. Let's move on. So with the rise of Forrest, with the rise of Luton, with, you know, Everton had been doing really well, it seems like there's really scorable players on every team. Is there, other than, like, you know, the bottom-bottom, so Sheffield and Burnley, Burnley, are there any teams that you don't want players from? Manchester United. Man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you're right. Manchester United. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But other than that, I mean, and then that that's more about the fact that their attack's been bad. I mean, I think some of the, for a while there, some of their defenders were pretty viable. But they were, I mean, Newcastle, I have two players from Newcastle, um, Gordon and Bruno. They've been pretty shitty as well. Like, they almost made the dust list, but I just didn't want to have a lot of um, Newcastle players. They've been putting on maybe like three, four points a game. And Newcastle has been in pretty terrible form. In the last five, they won one game. So their players now, until they've, fix things up or get their goalkeeper situation situated uh they've been pretty crappy too i won't go near brentford players either at, the, at this point especially with a couple of their players going to the afghan i know i'm Gwenbo's not going out i think he's got an injury or something but that, that's just as bad just so as bad brentford. and then wiss is gone so mm -hmm. so yeah um speaking of newcastle though are they do you think they're gonna be back to better form botman's back burns back you guys are shaking heads you, you think that this is like what they're gonna be the rest of the season kind of like Erratic. Erratic. It's just topsy-turvy at the moment. I guarantee at the end of the season, new coach. Really? You think Eddie Howe's gone? It just showed It showed again that, yeah, he got him to the Champions League, which was great. Great achievement. But could he get him through the Champions League? Don't get me wrong, they're in the group of death. I get that. And they had a really bad decision go against them against PSG. And they still, However, I mean, they still beat P I mean, they still played well in that group too. I agree, but did you see the man management and all the things that were going on with that? Also, it just hasn't—he hasn't been able to get the best out of the players he's got. And see, I, I actually disagree. I think that now that they're not in Europe, and now that some players are coming back from injury, we're talking Harvey Barnes is coming back, Botman's back, Burn back, a couple other guys. I think I could see them having a better second half this season. I think they're gonna have a better second half. Are did they get to make it to uh, Europe, or they're not in Europe as well? No, they're completely out. They're not playing Europe. Okay, got but so it's APL or nothing. Got it. So they have to fight mm -hmm. for top five. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you get Enzo, if you if you think they fired their manager, would you? Uh, be pretty cool to see uh, Mourinho back at Newcastle with all the money. Mourinho, <laughs> whoa, 
I don't think I don't think I, they think, would do that. I, I think, think he's washed as like a yeah, pop he's, manager. Yeah, he's on uh, he's on his way out. He's, he's on his, garden, uh, garden leave at Roma. He's at Roma. He's doing what he has to do at Roma. He's already he already won something at Roma, so he's just he's on his sunset. I mean, but if they throw money at him, he'll come back. Yeah. It'd be great. He has a defense. You know, Jose loves a good defense. He does. Yeah. You know, football is better with when Marino is thriving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. Okay. Questionable. Moving down. Next talking point. January transfer window is opening up, what, tomorrow? In 24 hours? Maybe even, it's already opened in the UK? It's already open now. It's 12.15 right now. We've talked about Arsenal. Happy New Year. (laughs) We've talked about Arsenal and Arsenal maybe needing a striker. Are there any other kind of key teams with that need, like key positions? Like where would you improve City? A midfielder, like a holding midfielder to back up Rodri. I don't know because I mean, again, you're not going to get more defenders, right? You don't no, need more well, attackers. You, they're probably going to sell defenders. They probably could if they get rid of Calvin Phillips. They might try to get backup because obviously Calvin Phillips can't replace a Rodri. But who can replace a Rodri? It's not going to yeah, be the same yeah. player. They're going to want something else, something different. But who's out there right now that they could get? Do you think Liverpool brings someone in just with Salah gone for? Afcon and then making a title push. I, knowing Klopp, he could because what he did, was it Gakpo? Was it Gakpo when he did it? Uh, Gakpo last season, yeah, and he played really well when he came in. If you remember, yeah, he, and he likes to get some a player that's dynamic that can change things up. So Liverpool could, especially with Salah going, he might think about getting a more attacking mind midfielder, or even just bring out uh another winger i don't know who's that Who, they, they, i don't even see anything with them there's no there's no rumors with liverpool they're priests because they don't have that many injuries and they're, they they got their first team i don't think liverpool's buying anybody i think they they recalled uh is it carvalho he was a former fuller player and he was at liverpool last year and then he went out on loan to leipzig but he wasn't getting a lot of playing time i wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't go back out on loan and he stays at uh liverpool that mm. would maybe be it's not really a transfer but it might just be like the move that Get him some playing time while Salah's gone. Get him some prem experience for next year. Just a thought there. I like Cavalio. He was good at Fulham. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, anything else we want to kind of chat about? Any other key things? I mean, there's some obviously some huge moments we can kind of touch upon. Like, obviously, Hoyland scoring his first goal. Arsenal losing a few games. Any other kind of huge moments that you guys want to discuss for the last few games? Brentford uh, losing five in a row. <laughs> Jeez. Cool. Richarlison scoring goals all of a sudden. My yeah. God. Amazing. Richie baby. Amazing. That, that's what you should have said. When you said baby's back, that's the guy. That's <laughs> the real the guy baby's right back. There. Got that little hip. You got his little hip replacement. That's I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing what that little, that thing. I mean, it was, it was kind of like a hernia thing, right? Like a, was that what it, it was like a hip flexor situation? Yeah, it was like hip flex. Yeah, it was a hip flex. So it was basically just slightly out of place and it was, it was hurting him. So got that fixed and all of a sudden he can score goals. Full of I, was surprised at, I was surprised at how quickly he recovered from that. He was only out for like yeah. a month, right? I think it was like a minor surgery. It was like a, just a, sm- yeah, it was like a month. Maybe, yeah. I, I would not be shocked if Enzo Fernandez undergoes something like that in the near future. Because I think he's having he's struggling with some hernia stuff, and he's looked noticeably bad for Chelsea in the last few months since this injury has kind of been keeping him up. But I think it's probably similar to Richarlison, actually. Do you think Chelsea's going to buy a bunch of players? Because Poch says he needs more players. I mean, he said that after he lost, and then he, he kind of changed his tone after the win last week. 
So mm-hmm. we'll see. I think at the end of the day, when you look at Chelsea, you need to think about the last they've won three of their last four or whatever, but those wins have been been against Sheffield United, Crystal Palace, and then Luton on the penalty. So yeah, Look, so it's so it's not like they're like thriving, you know. No matter I'm, even I'm, though they're even though the vibes are high. We said this before. I think Pochettino has only got one player on there that he wanted, and that was Cole Palmer. That's the only player that he was really involved with. He came into a Chelsea side that was uh, dumping off players to Saudi Arabia, getting their money's worth, and then he got a bunch of new players or some players from last season. He hasn't really got his team and his players. I think once he has a couple transfer windows, we can really judge him. Uh, you know what's going to happen, right? It's going to be like Arsenal or Fulham or Tottenham going after some player, and then Tottenham, uh, Chelsea's going to come over to the top after them, offer them like 40 million more, and then just buy that player. But you God, hope, hope they not. don't do that. You hope they don't do that because that's that's not, not gonna work for Chelsea no more. Yeah, they have to they do. Mean. They have to do like good buys. They need good plays, and they don't have to cost eighty million. Look at what Mourinho did. He didn't go around buying hundred million, eighty million. Yeah, he bought a couple, but then he bought some players around them that could win in the league. And I think that's what yeah. they need to do. I think the other thing too. I think the other thing too, from a Chelsea perspective, is. The idea that they might sell Conor Gallagher is the most absurd thing on the planet. He's been like their best player, most consistent player, most important player all season. So to think they're going to sell him for 40 million, 40 million? Statistically, playing better than Declan Rice this season. That's crazy. What's what statistics? <laughs> so like... Uh, like pass completion, like pass ta- completion, tackles. Pass completion, Headers won. But it's not, he's not ahead of him in goals. So I don't know. But yeah, but he's goal. He's ahead of him in goal contributions. Yeah, like putting, absolutely. Yeah. How about in standings? <laughs> Whoa, yeah. we're Lost talking individual players. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. What ne- next thing. Let's think? move on. Uh, the lack of clean sheets has been pretty amazing in the Premier League this season. How I does that change the- anything for you guys as far as when you're doing lineups? Do you like? Do you even try? Do you even think about clean sheets? Do you think, oh, this would be a, this could be a clean sheet? I don't. I've give stopped. A shit. I've stopped thinking about like, oh, this could be a clean sheet. I don't even think about no. that anymore. I this think year. the the Golden Glove this year is going to be nuts because they're the, whoever the goalkeeper is, he's going to have had laying so many fucking goals. It's going to be like nine, <laughs> like nine clean sheets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get like ten. That's good. Yeah, Okay, and then what about who's been your like each of you on the spot? So a little top. Who's been your surprise player of the year, and who's been your Biggest flop of the year for me, flop. I, I'm going to go with Gabriel Jesus, especially at a position I drafted him in the high expectations. Uh, not just for him individually, just Arsenal as a whole team. Uh, you could pick Martinelli or Jesus; those sort like have been very disappointing. And I'm also coming from a place where I thought both of them would have better year, better years this year. Uh, they would, you know, improve from year over year, which they have not. Biggest flop for me is it's between a couple of Man United players. But to be honest. Like our, fa- our favorite, our favorite player to talk about, Marcus Rashford. Like he's a big flop, and then not far behind him, but he still plays well from time to time. Is Bruno Fernandes? It's it's been lackluster, not Man United. There's been glimpses, glimpses, but they're not the same Man United team it, at all. That they're they don't they don't melt. They don't pass well. It's not exciting. It's it's scrappy. It, but Rashford, just not the same player he was even just a year ago. Even just a year ago, not the same player. 
I think Rashford's the big one. I think the other one, just Martinelli, too. Just been a, mm. He hasn't been as bad, like, points-wise. It's not like he hasn't been quite on the Rashford level of just disappointment. But just when you look at him, he's just not passing the eye test. He's not, he's not penetrating the way he has in the past. So, yeah, what about your biggest um, surprise, surprise players of the year? I would say uh, Alvarez, but I wasn't surprised. I picked him uh, before the year. Seven, good year. Man, he's ranked sixth. That's kind of surprising yeah. for the year. Yeah. I mean, he had yeah. such a hot start, and then he kind of lulled a little bit, but he's kind of been back on a tear the last few weeks. I've got so, a couple. Got a couple. Just pick, yeah, your, so just pick one. Yeah. I'd want me to do mine. <sighs> Go on, do yours. Uh, Neto. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, he's been yeah. injured for a big chunk of the season now, but he's coming back, and I think just the the way he was scoring was just beastly. So I, I'm really excited for him to come back and see what he can do. For you, Tico, for you, Douglas Luiz, the, for his goal contributions alone. Um, like he's a defensive midfielder. We spoke a lot about defensive midfielders this season, but they've actually been coming out strong this season. But Douglas Luiz, when he's on that pitch with Villa, it's a completely different team. Completely different team. Pulling the strings, uh, set plays, corners, penalties, doesn't matter. Like he's he's really putting the ball, and he, he Ollie Watkins having the season he's having right now, was it nine goals and eleven assists? Is he's a big he's a big part of that. It's like that many assists is crazy for a striker. Bro, he right? got a, he got two last game, yeah. two, yeah. He should have had three. Do you guys see uh, the penalty Luis, Luis scored? Well, the one off the crossbar. Yeah, he just yeah, smoked it, nice. it. Yeah. Confidence, like just oozing confidence. Hey, Tico, as someone, to change the subject a little bit, as someone who has uh, Nicholas Jackson, were you excited to see him playing on the, I think he's, or he's been playing on the wing and I actually think, were you, did you like that? Did you, have you watched him play on the wing a little bit? Well, I haven't seen him uh, play on the wing. I think Chelsea game was the fourth block one and I just didn't watch it, but I was surprised when I saw he played on the left, but Honestly, uh, with the depth they have at the attacking positions and for him to stay on the field over players like Sterling and Modric, I was happy to see it. I thought I was kind of getting a little iffy about it. I thought he might lose some minutes and not start, but ever since Enkitia has been back, he's been playing and he's been you know, playing pretty well, fantasy-wise. Yeah, I think he's one of the most hated players, like unnecessarily hated players in the league. I think he does so much for that team, and yeah, he's missed some big chances, but so is Gabriel Jesus, and people aren't absolutely shitting on Gabriel Jesus the way that they were. So, but that's, I think I think the problem with him is that Jesus has done it before, so you know people have seen him do it. And Nicholas Jackson, some of the chances he misses are very easy, like one-on-one chances or like tap-in chances. So, kind of especially like nowadays with the viral thing, it, he's more likely to go viral with his misses than someone like Jesus. Yeah, but when you really look at his numbers and you look at his contributions, I think he's. A cru- he's been like crucial for them, so I, oh, I think he's definitely yeah, yeah. I think you've got you've kind of got your money worth from Nicholas Jackson, from where he was definitely. being drafted and stuff. Well, so. I traded for him with Enzo, and I gave up Richarlison, who's playing better now. But Enzo has already dropped him or traded him away, right? He's no longer I on your team. Him, yeah, I traded yeah. him. What an idiot! Fool. It took perform. what? It took him what? Three months to get come good. I don't think I'm doing that badly. All right. All right. So let's talk a little waivers now. So I just have a few names here. The first one on the list is someone I didn't think would ever be on this list again. It's uh Ross Barkley. 
from Luton Town, rostered in 46% of leagues. Obviously not the most exciting, considering he's just been like, he was like a failed wonder kind, you know, failed like superstar kid that went to Chelsea and was pretty mediocre. And then, but Luton for him, he's been like, he's been like sensational from a points perspective. Have you guys seen what he's been doing on the point spectrum? He scored a goal, has an assist here and there. Let me uh, let me read the last like uh, five games. 21.5, 2, 12, 13.5, 19.5. I mean, those are elite. Those are elite numbers. It's nuts, man. And you don't have to have star players to have a high scoring team. Have you seen like Mr. T's team and your destiny is me, doggy? Have you seen? Yeah, have two you guys seen in our the league? Yeah, it's just yeah. they they got role players that just contribute. Yeah, I mean it's like that Conor Gallagher thing that we were talking about the other week too. Like Ross Barkley to me is like a Conor Gallagher in that same realm as Conor Gallagher, but like he's doing it even better. But it's like that idea of just like guys who are consistently going to get you eight to twelve points and then might get you twenty. You know, yeah. Like how amazing is that? So you just if you have a bunch of those guys as opposed to guys that are like going to dud out half the time because they don't have a goal contribution and that's where they get all of their points from. So I think Ross Barkley is is a must pick up in every league, and he's rostered in forty six percent. So there's still a lot of leagues where he's open. Any other thoughts on Ross? No, good player. Moving on, owned in thirty nine percent of leagues. Chelsea boy Madueke, two goals in the last two games. He's looked sharp, and he wants to take people on. Yes, he's a little bit of a rotation risk with all the players in his position, but it's not like Sterling or Mudrik has really like lit things up and like nailed in a spot. So. You know, uh, coming off the two wins in a row where he's contributed, I think he's, you know, Poch seems to like him now. You know, I, I think they have to beef earlier in the season, but they've kind of worked it out. And sometimes that, for those, you know, those are where the strongest relationships are born. So I could see him being like a star guy under Poch. Mm. What do you guys think? Um, I, I think just uh, like I stated earlier, it's for Chelsea, they have a lot of attacking players at the same positions. If he's going to get the minutes, I think he's worth it. And uh, for me, if my team wasn't as stacked as it is, I would just kind of get it to handicap him because I do have Nico Jackson in case someone does lose minutes and he gets it. It's kind of a good player to to, uh, take a flyer on and just stash him in case he does get more minutes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's more like a luxury pickup. If you have a a bench slot that you can like afford and might like pay off big, it might kind of blow up. It's not someone you, you can beat dependable. Every every week we go in out. Yeah, thinking about Benz, your team sucks. Where am I in the league? Below me. Just that, barely below you. And I've scored more points than you. Man. You just got lucky. Are you gonna be? Am I gonna be below you after this week? I don't fucking think so. Aren't you losing? I'm getting smoked this week. I woke up. Er, that was like unfortunate. Uh, after the seven a.m. games on Saturday, it was. Like ninety five to twelve, <laughs> it was like well, it was like he he'd only had three players play and they he had ninety some points. It was like okay, well I guess that's just not he, much. When you wrote that. that, when I saw that text message, I thought you were just like fucking around, just like exaggerating the number. So I went to <laughs> kidding, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's really like boys, yeah, three players. It was insane. He had it was Foden, uh, Cole Palmer, and then someone else, uh, Alfie Dowdy. Alfie Dowdy, yeah, yeah, those three, and I was just like, well, I guess. I, I just I posted that meme the the SpongeBob I I'm gonna head out <laughs> I guess like okay I guess this week's done might as well just start looking ahead to next week. It's like do you see my destiny is you doggy he has like Elise Barkley but they all go like ten points twenty points at least he has the thirty six and they he still got players they fucking go I know it's nuts I don't know okay 
Say, keep it on, keep it on track now. Waivers. <laughs> Next on here, owning forty-two percent of leagues. Uh, Tammy Awoni from Newton, uh, Nottingham Forest. So he's he's injured and he's not supposed to come back till maybe February. But, but I think this is maybe the last chance because like you're gonna be able to get him in January. There's really only like two games that happen in all of January because of the break and everything. So there's a lot of time. And I think that if you're going to pick him up, this is it. And I, and, you know, the fear would be like, is Wood going to take a lot of time? You know, is, is he kind of the new guy? But just kind of what we talked about before, I don't think Wood is like, I don't think, unless Wood keeps scoring for the next three games in a row, which I don't think he will, I think Aloni's going to slot back in when he gets healthy. And I think he will be, a, he will be like the consistent score that he was prior to the injury. Yeah. I so it's another like put on your bench guy, but. But yeah, so I traded for him and was part of the Holland and Bruno Fernandez trade, and I held on to him since I had him. Um, and now I'm actually going to hold on tighter because there's some talk he might be sold, and Arsenal is one of the names being floated mm-hmm. around. So, which as someone who was Jesus, that would be amazing. Uh, so for me, I'm just he's. I think he's good enough to hold on to him for a, a month and a half. I don't think they sell, man. Um, they already sold Brennan Johnson, who's one of their best players. I don't think they sell another one. I don't think they sell. Yeah, we will see. We will see. Um, but yeah, I think if, if that just even that potential for him to be sold increases the value. That's kind of what Tico's saying, right? Like, like yeah. it's, it yeah. might it probably won't happen, but on like the twenty percent chance that it does, all of a sudden he goes from like pretty good to like could be elite. You know, in an yeah. Arsenal and, team, I mean, he could be could, elite. Could be elite or could be mediocre. What, what was the last good striker they had? Uh, he was a he was an above mm-hmm. average striker for them. End of last year, beginning of this year, he was scoring goals. He was like he was a top fifteen striker. And the last year, also not the last, you know, they might not sell him. They sold a player, but if someone comes with an offer over the top, how do you say no? Uh, if you where is best for the team, and if Nunes has any mm-hmm. kind of control, would you really want to sell that player, especially if you're fine, and especially if you don't get enough time to replace that player? Because Wood isn't a replacement. No. You also have to think about this too, though, is that Forrest has bought like 30 players in the last season and a half. So they're, they, they're, haven't we, they haven't, but you don't know what their books are like. They might, they might, if someone comes in with a big number for Ohoni, they might just be like, fuck, we kind of have to do this. You know? So, I, I mean, there's a lot of factors. But Okay, next name on here. Crystal Palace striker Mateta. He's been on a good run. And it seems like before him, it was Edward that was playing striker for Palace. But whoever seems to be that striker seems to have value even when Palace is losing games. And so with Ezen and Elise there and them being such creative forces, I think whoever the Crystal Palace striker is is worth having. And Mateta's only owned in 38% of leagues. And I think he's he should be picked up everywhere. I picked up Mateta with that same thought in mind. Um, he's been okay. Uh, Edouard's coming back, but even Edouard was going a little bit down, so it could be. I'm hoping it works out, but he's not the same. I don't think he's the same striker as Edouard. I think Edouard's still a better striker. I think he is. Yeah. yeah, I think it's maybe like, if you can have, if, even if you get like one or two more games out of him, I think he's, he's could be, he could be worth it. Yeah. And right behind plus streak. It's amazing. We went so many weeks with where it felt like the forward space was so barren. And then over this Christmas period, there's so many strikers that are suddenly available or suddenly like hot. 
you know, like the Chris Woods, Matetas, um, Madueke, you know. And then this next name on here I want to call out is Lewis Potter from Brentford. They've been on a losing streak, and Enzo just made a face like he ate something nasty. But when you think about Lewis Potter, let me finish. When you think about Lewis Potter, Brentford's recruitment is amazing. You know, they, they're like, they, they're Ollie Watkins, Mbembo, Wissa, all these really good players have come through Brentford. They have Mbembo and Wissa going to AFCON. Lewis Potter was super highly rated, was actually their most expensive transfer ever. So he's, so I think he's primed to now get a lot of playing time and show the player he is. And even if it is a bad Brentford team, I think he's still an asset worth having. Owned in 9% of so, leagues. In the last three games, yeah. um, Brentford scored three goals. This is his points total, 17.5, 14, 11.5, with two goals. So all these facts, Keith just been, I didn't know he was the highest paid player, all of that. So he might get more minutes as the year goes on, progresses. So someone might be worth keeping an eye on. Okay, Enzo, say your bet. I just think more probably will get more time than he will at this point in the time. I think they might play. They might both play. I think the way Brentford's been playing, especially against uh, the top teams, they'll put five in the back and put the one up front. And I think they'll put more more play up front. He's going to piss off the centre-backs a little bit more. Not just with his shithousery, but just with his uh, annoyance of runs and kicks and just tr- trying to nip at balls. I don't think Lewis Potter can do that. But he's only 22, wouldn't you? Especially on this year where it's not like, what are they playing for? Just stay out of relegation? They lost five in a row. Why don't you just give the kid a chance, see if you have something special in the murder is just, you know, someone else who's just going to... Yeah, same football manager, man. It's the real deal. Okay. So, yeah, we're a little conflicted there, but uh, I think he's he might be worth it. He's a flyer. Okay, next on here, I have I was really struggling with defenders for waivers this week. Just I, There's just no one that was super exciting. There's <laughs> fucking nobody. It's because everyone's every team's score, getting scored on and scoring a lot. So there's just like, you don't like the def- defender's such a barren space. So the the what I, what I decided to do was look at guys coming back from injury in mid January that could be useful, and the th- uh, big one is Van de Veen on Tottenham. He should be back mid January, and the other one is uh, Martinez. Wait, what just was that? Did I mispronounce it? Did I butcher it? No, okay. it was Tico made a face when you said Van de Ven. Yeah, because <clears throat> I had him. I don't think he has that much fantasy value. Interesting. Okay. The other one is uh, Martinez from United. Those are the two big ones, I think, that they're both coming back mid-January. But wh- what's the fantasy value issue you have? He just wasn't scoring points, Tico. So I sp- found the sucker and I traded him away. Uh, he's averaging 5.6 <laughs> points per game. Uh, <laughs> prior to his injury. Which, prior to his injury. He played 11 games, and he had one monster game, 22 points, where he had the goal against Luton Town, the mm-hmm. long goal. But besides that, the points he gets were from clean sheets early on. And so he doesn't, besides that, he doesn't, he doesn't offer a lot of fantasy value. Great player. How many negative points did he have? How many games where he had negative points? Zero. Okay. Now, this is the problem I've had with defenders. I've had defenders left, right, and center, and I've moved them around. Doesn't matter which one I get. There's at least one that has negative 1.75 or negative two, and that really hurts you. Having a player that even just gets you two, three points as a defender at this point in time, I feel is still valuable. That is such a lazy and terrible argument. <laughs> You're essentially saying because the rest of your defenders are shit, so yeah. it's not sh- like total shit, it's value. He had games where he had one point, zero points, one point, and if he stayed on the game against Chelsea, he would have had negative points. 
but he got hurt. Okay. <laughs> but did he have negative points? No, he had zero okay, points. Okay, so my so my yeah. argument is still is is valid. And with with Mart with Martinez again, that's I'm not even I'm not even confident with Martinez because the goals they leak in there because he's not going to get those clean sheet points either. No, Man United. I saw a, I saw a video online and it was every single goal that Man United has let in from a cutback this year, like uh, you know like where they drive down the line they cut it back into the middle and they and the other team scores. It's like 15 goals. Like they've let, let in almost at the exact same goal like 15 times this year. Both of the four goals like. It's crazy. It's crazy. They don't that know how to defend it. It's the midfielders not tracking back to defend is what it is. Because the it's defensive amazing. line's dropping back and then the midfield isn't tracking those late runners. It is it's mind boggling. That it's it's literally the same thing over and over again. And they they haven't adjusted. En- Enzo, Trippier has had uh, games with negative points, so you probably prefer Van Devin, huh? Uh Keith, but you know, it's kind of funny. We talked about how forwards there was lack of them, and now uh since everyone had scored, like literally everyone's yeah. scoring. Now, like the defenders have become more of a commodity. Yeah, yeah, I know it's wild. It's like it's it's that. What's so fun about the Premier League fantasy is that just how much everything shifts so often. Like you have to be so on top of like what's going on in the trends and what's happening. So I just want to shout out because you know Martinez, Maguire, Van de Ven aren't really helpful for right now. So if, if three names, if you're really needing guys that are under fifty percent rostered. Consa on Villa, Mitchell on Palace, and Semendo on Wolves. Wolves have been on a tear. Semendo might be my number one there. And then Consa and Mitchell have had a rate come. What do you guys think if, if we're picking up guys right now? That'd be decent to have, but what, well, they've got like 80, 90 points for the season so far. So yeah, this, I mean, none of, them are, none of them are, yeah. yeah. But I think, I think that, I think at this point, you want to get defenders that like maybe might give you offensive attacking points because like the defense yeah. is just, it's so hard to tell. So I think where Semendo, you know, he can get up and down the field. Consa's playing right back, so maybe he'll get a little more involved. And same with Mitchell. Yeah. So even though neither of them, neither Consa nor Mitchell, are like classic right back, left back. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's rough out there. It is. It, I I think probably Maguire and Martinez will have the highest upside because Casemiro, if they don't sell him, he also comes back in January. So their defense should be looking a lot better. Oh really? Because Casemiro's going back. Old ass Casemiro. He's not Real Madrid Casemiro, is he? Yeah, but I mean, last year, I mean, if he, if he can like do something, contribute something. Clearly, he was impactful last season for United. He like they got top four and won a league, a cup. You know, like he didn't look good, but he got injured. Maybe if he comes back and does something, maybe not from a fantasy perspective, maybe, but just from like a general perspective, it's really tough. Even for you, Tico. Even for you. I actually have a lot of defenders. If you guys want to talk trade, we could talk. I don't think there's there's no defenders that are interesting to me. Like I'm not excited. I think like you know there's no defenders where I'm like, oh, I really want him on my team. It's just like, please just don't hurt me. I'm just, I don't want my defenders not to hurt me. You know what I mean? If you like five defenders, everyone else is like, like you said, don't please don't hurt me. Like even like Newcastle at the wall early on, they were swinging a lot of points. They've been shaky. Like Shar was last year when he was the top scoring def- uh, center back. Now he's like fucking. Asked. You know who has the best defenders in our league? It's the guy who's on a seven-game win streak, and he's got. Have you have you seen who he's got? Trent, Pedro Porro, and Kieran Trippier is his first, first and second pick of the draft. And then he has, then he has May Cash, and he has Udogi. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so when you, if having having defenders that aren't giving you negative points every week is winning you every week, think about you know how how did that happen? 
Tell me, how did that happen? Remember how crazy that was during the draft? We're like, I can't believe this guy drafted two defenders in the first two rounds. Like, we were like, this guy's... I'll tell you how it happened. Because Harry Kane won. He got, he, he, he got Trent and he got Trippier. The oh. first two rounds. But then he pulled Poro out. So he was the ninth pick, I think. So he, draft, he got Trent and then Harry Kane was drafted. And I don't know who else Cal picked up. And then he picked up Trippier. Yeah. But, you know... You could you could find pe- people on the uh, waiver wire like I picked up Purvis Estupinian, and he's back and he scored a goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely stuff out there. But uh, that kind of wraps up waivers for us guys. We're kind of wrapped, getting close to the end. I wanted to touch briefly on the games for next week. There's a big there's a big delay or not a delay like a break, and then we resume games on January 13th. Have you guys had a chance to look at any of those games? So for the upcoming game week, Tottenham versus Man U. And if Bolshevik scores a goal, I might drive to you, Enzo, wherever you are, just to laugh <laughs> at you in any case. If Bolshevik scores a goal, I bet you he doesn't. I want odds. I bet. You, I bet you. I bet you he doesn't. I'm not gonna give you odds. Just, you just get straight cash. What do What do you want to bet? That is at Old Trafford. Cool. Okay. Go on. What do you want to bet? No, I'll make that bet. I'll make that bet. I'll make that bet. All right. So what? Ten bucks? I don't know. If If you win. I'll give you 10 bucks. But if he scores, I want to take a picture of you wrapped around an Arsenal scarf. No, that's Wait not there. That's not worth it. How about Fulham? No. 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 You're, you're just, you're being, you're being stupid that's again. Unreason- so, that's oh, yeah, an unreasonable bet. You know, he's not going to score. Yeah, it's an unreasonable bet. Cash is fine, but you're going to try to take away some of my <laughs> dignity. No. I, I... You're a Tottenham fan. What dignity? Newcastle plays Man City. That should That's be a really good, good game. game. Battle of the oil. The, yeah, the oil derby. What do they call it? There was a really fun, they had a really funny name for it. Um, like the oil, oh, right. the oil classic car. There was, there was something like that that was really funny. Yes, I don't know that. Uh, oh, well, it'll come to us. Any other kind of standout games? I think Luton Town's going to absolutely smash Burnley at Turf Moor. So I think some of those some of those Luton players might be interesting. You think so? What Do you, do you think Arsenal's going to struggle again against Crystal Palace? It's, this is kind of interesting. This, this game week is broken up over two weeks. So they, they that's why so I just odd. saw. I think it's just they're trying to give everyone a break after the busy fixtures. Yeah. You know. Well, Liverpool Bournemouth's going to be an interesting one. That's going to be without Mosala. Without Mosala, Bournemouth's been pretty freaking good. Some thoughts. I think that's like Liverpool. I I like don't love their defense. You know, other than Van Dyke and Trent, like those other two slots in the defense, I'm not really interested in. Goal has been decent. Yeah, no, me either. Anything else here we want to talk about? I don't know. Sheffield and I could. Could get a win against West Ham. I think that's wishful thinking. I think it happens. I smell a bet. Okay, I'll bet you. I'll give you. I'll give you two to one odds that they that they no, don't. I win. wasn't talking about against each other. I was talking about together. I, I don't want to bet on Sheffield United. I don't no, hate no, myself no. that much. We've done some crazier bets than that. I don't hate myself you that much. Worst parlays. Yeah, and so you know, I think we're revoking your uh, your parlay yeah. ability. Wait, 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 wait. I was really close to the Fulham Arsenal one. I thought it was going to be a draw, and they still lost. How yeah, you okay, you got that one. Because he said they were going to, they weren't going to, they weren't going to draw. They were going to win. Uh, yeah, and just he sniffed something there, but he just didn't. It wasn't the right thing. But he sniffed that something was up. Yeah, <laughs> something right. smelled fishy to him. All right, let's so let's think about let's 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 pick three games here, and we don't we're not going to solidify it right now, but let's just think about like three games that we want to put a bet on. So we're not going to put we're not going to do the the office ones. Well, I mean, I think we need at least one, one somewhat obvious one. Okay. So we need two, if we do two favorites and then one 
uh, underdog, that's still going to be a good payout. I think, three games. I think that's the way. That's the way. So, Villa Everton. That's Villa. I don't know. I don't. That game to me is like a little sketchy. Cause that's a that's a derby, brother. Oh no, it's not a derby. Sketchy. It's not a derby, but it's sketchy. I think I'd rather bet on Tottenham to beat United, and I feel like the odds yeah. will be decent on that. Mm-hmm. It'll be five raw, I feel. And it's at Old Trafford, but I think I think Tottenham still wins. Tottenham United. Then I think I think I'm I think Forest. I would I'd like to bet on. What do you think about that? What am I betting on Forest against Brentford? Tottenham, Forest. Chelsea, Fulham. That's going to be a good game. I don't, I don't want to bet on that game. Fulham, oh, I I, Fulham's been playing well, played well this week. I don't. Chelsea's not good. But... <laughs> I, I, we should bet on Fulham. I don't want to do that. I bet against Tottenham with the actual thought that we were going to lose. Yeah, exactly. I have, no, no I do have dignity. So, all right. So, then not Fulham, Chelsea. All right. Then we'll, why don't we bet on the Newcastle-Man City game? Okay. So, we're talking Tottenham. Forest City, I like I like our odds. All right, let's 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 pause because it's we have like almost two weeks to make this decision. All right, let's wrap this up, guys. This has been episode twenty three of Draft Offsides. I'm with Tico Nenzo. My name is Keith. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us on all the socials X, Spotify. <laughs> Tico, Tico, Tico made a TikTok. Tico, the year. This is our year. All right, take care, guys. <laughs> <laughs>